0: Um, There will be a fellowship meal following our service today prepared by Adana Maria. We want you to know that. Amen. We always look forward to that. Everyone is welcome to that. Um, We do have a building fund update. We are looking at um, doing some restoration. The original building was built 19... what 67 probably or 60 we're looking at some of the history so we'll have some of that more for you the actual 50th anniversary of our church is coming up pretty quick I think here we'll be finding more information Joan Pomp is looking through Grandma Goldie's diary and she kept a good diary Uh, in fact I remember her calling me up at least once maybe more than that asking if the Ice was off the lake because she kept that in her diary each year when the ice went off Gaul Lake, and um, this year I don't know. It shall come off. I, I I prophesy that it will come off at some point here. It'll come off, but I don't know when. But um, but yes, our, our building project there some things to restore in the original building but also some finishing things that we never did totally get done in our newer building here. And so it's a good sewing opportunity. Uh, You can see up there where the numbers are. They're coming along, coming right along. And so we're thankful for that. As far as our tithes and offerings, we don't pass a plate, but we do have boxes on the back of wall of the sanctuary for you to give of tithes and offerings. And we do pray over them, Lord. And, and you know, that's something when you put it in the box, you know, just pray over it. We endeavor to do that each Sunday, but sometimes we've missed it, you know. But as you put it in there, you know, just pray over it, pray blessing over it. And, you know, and our motivation for putting it in is glory unto God and to give unto Him. But really, there's, that's like a sowing of a seed, too, and just plant it that way in faith, believing to be multiplied back so that there's more that we can give. And Lord, we thank you for your blessing on all the tithes and offerings given this week, last week, this month, this year, Lord, we just... Again, we know that you receive them as high priest in the spirit realm, and so we give them as unto you in Jesus' name. And um, we have, and I'll just, you know, I'll mention that later. Let's put the picture of the the water with the raindrops on it there. Uh It was last September a group met especially something that had been working a lot with grounds and the building and finances and such with the church upkeep maintenance just a time of prayer for looking ahead for future direction and a vision came as we were praying and that's that's what this picture is up here that's pretty close I actually had I saw this I didn't know what it meant when I saw it, but that's what I saw, which you have on the screen there. And then the interpretation, someone else, Pastor Dean actually had um, interpretation of these raindrops falling on this calm water, and it was that the raindrops, like the center part where it bounces up, or I'd call it the bloop, um, those parts, they represented, this was the interpretation of it, that they represented leaders of various areas of ministry with our building grounds and finances and other areas. All the, Eventually, the circles, you can see they would cover it all. And, um, and the circles around the redrops represented teams of people, you know, filling in those circles, teams of people working with those leaders, And then eventually the circles, even some of them overlap each other, and that can happen with areas that uh, there's uh, working together on certain things. But some of those leaders we saw as representing deacons or deaconesses. And as I mentioned last week, for the next few weeks, up through next Sunday actually, we are um, asking you, to consider prayerfully submitting names of potential servant leaders to ministers, deacons, and deaconesses. And what we have, the same box that has the envelopes for giving back there has just a blank piece of paper that you can, and again, prayerfully do this, um, but then you could write the name of a person on there that you would see in that role as a deacon or deaconess that would be a leader in a given area um, of the churches. Most of it's like helps ministries, helping with different things in the church. That's what the word deacon really means, is like a helps minister. And uh, so then you can insert it back in the box. You can just put it in the box along with the offerings and we'll get those. And also... The TCC elders are seeking the Lord for additional elder to join in spiritual leadership here at TCC. And we ask for your prayers as we seek the Lord in this regard, thank you very much for that, and really the calling of elder, it is like a calling. And then what we do is, with this apostolic form of government that we now have, is the names that we receive the elders over those in prayer. We pray over those a lot, and then the deacons are appointed. The The elder role is really like a calling, and so there is that difference there. But I prayed over this last week, but I think let's just pray again together. Um, Lord, we believe, we do believe that this vision of those raindrops falling on the water. Give us a picture of your desire for us as a church family, and we thank you for everyone in our fellowship, in this family, every part, every single part. And now we ask for your guidance as we come to know your will for those who would serve in leadership roles of of deacons, deaconesses, elders. We thank you for all the team members that will fill in those circles, Lord, We also see that rain falling in the vision as representing the rain of your Holy Spirit upon us as we endeavor to walk out the plan that you have for us here at TCC. And Lord, we thank you for your empowering presence to do this as individuals and corporately as your people in northern Minnesota and wherever you lead us to go, sharing your good news, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Everyone in agreement said amen. A while back I mentioned, you know, Joyce's mom went to heaven on January, or December 31, and we've been going through the house there and different things. Uh, we went through some books, and this caught my eye. Holy humor. I mentioned it a few weeks ago that I might be reading out of it, and There's actually a few things here I'm going to mention today or read. Um, This first one was by like a pastor, Arthur Tony, I guess his name is, but uh, he said, eager to improve his sermons, a young pastor bought a tape recorder and recorded one of his Sunday morning services. After dinner that day, he put the cassette in the recorder a few years ago, sat on the sofa, and listened to the tape. The opening prayer, scripture, readings, and hymns came forth nicely. Then came the sermon. When he awoke sometime later, (laughs) the choir was singing the closing hymn. (laughs) Huh. Here's a quote from Martin Luther. He says, if you're not allowed to laugh in heaven, I don't want to go there. <laughs> and Jerry Clower, I'm convinced there is only one place where there is no laughter, and that's hell. I have made arrangements to miss hell. I, I believe we all, we're, we have or should. Praise God. He says, I won't ever have to be anywhere that there ain't no laughter. Jerry Collar. So, that that is the truth. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we've been talking about being God's witnesses. You know, we are His servants in the earth, but as His witnesses. There was one more I should read that. I thought, let's see if I can find it real quick here. This is from the 1500s. Where did it go? Do you want me to read it, Lord? Hang on just a second. I think it's worth it if I can find it. Where did you go? Oh yeah, this is St. Teresa of Avila. She wrote this in, or it was recorded in 1582. She says, from somber, serious, sullen saints, save us, O Lord. <laughs> Lord, hear our prayers. <laughs> so back in the 1500s, there must have been some somber, serious, sullen saints. <laughs> I guess nothing new under the sun, we can have that too, but anyway, we don't want to be that way. But we are looking at a message today uh, called Humble Servants and um, Jesus is our great example of being a servant. He tells us that the way to the top is accomplished by being a servant. And uh, you know, even as we think of, like, the vision that we showed there of the drops and the, the circles, you know, each having a part in being a servant at church, you might say, in the church family, this is a good thing to keep in mind. But also, just a reminder of our goals as a church family, our focus and vision, our slogan is that every believer is a minister of God's love. And our symbol is the lighthouse, light to the nations. And then we have the mission statement of connecting people to God, connecting people to people. And then the third one is connecting people to service, connecting people to service. But why would anyone choose to serve? Why would anyone choose to do things for other people? Don't we have enough things of our own that need to be done? Why would I take the time to serve someone else? Like, why would I take the time? It takes time, you know, to be like a deacon or deaconess or, you know, many, a multitude of other areas of serving. Well, Jesus is our example. And a a first key of serving well could well be Jesus giving of his life. And we could say that he chose to serve when he gave us his life. And he gave his life for you, Mark. And he gave his life for you, Danny. And he gave his life for you, Ben. You know, he gave his life for us. Serving implies giving of myself. The choice to serve is motivated and empowered by love. The God kind of love that's in us by God. The God kind of love and the God kind of serving is other-centered. We've talked about that in times past. It's centered on others. It's not self-centered. It's not about me. Now today, Peter is going to be helping me here with a few things, and he's going to be reading some scriptures and a few other things. And we have the first reading here from Mark 10,
1: starting at 35, and Peter will have you do that now. All right. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, do you, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. So Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized, uh, you will be baptized but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It, it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to come become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many.
0: You can see here Jesus took a teaching moment as he was here with James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Because, well, like they said, teacher, in verse 35, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. You can see they needed a teaching moment, you know. And Jesus took it. And he started to share that with him and minister it to him. But his life, you know, we see that Jesus came to the earth not to, others, to have others serve him, but rather to serve others. Jesus came to give his life for others, for you and for me. And so that's a key for serving. It's, it shows us. Jesus gave his life, and that's what love does. Another scripture on servanthood, and uh, note this happened just before actually the incident that we just read in the previous
1: scripture from Mark 9, Peter. Then he, Jesus, came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What was it that you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, calling the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me.
0: And you can put that picture up now. And we see here, actually, the high and great place that Jesus portrays in this, what he said regarding ministry to children. Or we could say, serving children. Um, he set a child in the midst. And, you know, it's no small thing in his eyes. And I'm talking here about, like in a a church family, like right now, we have people that are ministering in our nursery. We have people that are, are ministering in the preschool. We have people that are ministering in the elementary age right now. And they are imparting, and I know those people, and their heart is so to impart things to our kids, to the to the children, and that's what's happening. Um, but also, that that's just an area of service. When we serve the little ones, the least of these, we are actually serving and receiving Jesus. And. What we impart in their lives, in those young lives, it will follow them through their whole life. And so what a blessing. And uh, we're thankful th- for that. So that's servanthood. You know, it's, you know, learning to be servants. That's one thing when we as a, you know, as a, y- a young couple, as we have children, I think God gives, that's one, there's many reasons God gives us children, but one thing he does through giving us children is for us to learn to be servants. Amen? Do you agree? You see that? I mean, it's, it's going out of just thinking of myself, but as a father or a mother, it's thinking of those little children and really giving our lives for them that's what it is, and that's servanthood. We learn it through our kids. Some kids are really good teachers of servanthood, <laughs> you know. I probably was <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> but anyway, here's, here's a thought in another scripture that by or through love we serve one another. That's the source, Peter.
1: For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So it's
0: through love
1: that we can really do this
0: right. It's only through love, and it's not my love. My run, love runs short a lot. It's God's love. We simply cannot give true service really serve in our own strength and ability. We can't do it. The heart and ability for serving comes from another source, beyond ourselves. It comes from God. It comes from God's love within us, that agape, the greatest. Here's a true story of
1: servanthood now Peter's going to read for us. This is from uh, Randy Gravitt from Newman, Georgia. I broke my belt on my lawnmower, and the part I needed was on order. Now, on Saturday, I mentioned my dilemma to Clay Bot Brogdon, uh, one of the guys in my small group, and asked him if I could borrow his mower, and he said, well, sure, and I told him that I would get it on Tuesday. On Monday morning, I was enjoying the Memorial Day holiday as much as a man can when he knows his yard needs mowing, when, to my surprise, I heard the sound of a lawnmower. I looked out my window, and I couldn't believe my eyes. My yard was covered with men and covered with mowers. It was one of the most beautiful sights that I had ever seen. Clay had rounded up the guys from our small group, and and they mowed the entire yard in 20 minutes flat. They loaded up their mowers, and off they went like superheroes. And I thought to myself, I now know what it feels like to have Jesus mow your yard. Without Jesus, I would literally be in those deep weeds. (laughs)
0: Opportunities to serve. So, another major area, number two you might call it, Jesus yielded his will to the Father. That's another key of servanthood. He yielded his will. He gave himself and he yielded his will. And it's like, let this mind be in you. Peter's going to read from Philippians 2, 5.
1: Now let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. So, Jesus,
0: the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, himself came into that place of, servant, of a servant and Jesus' public ministry—it's a picture of a servant's heart and having a determination to serve the needs of others before himself. I've, I've honestly, honestly been so blessed. Phil and Sandy Tepley are with us today, and with the—that's what I've—that's what I've seen in you, Phil and Sandy. I know your heart is there. You know, going to Canada, South Dakota, and I know you've been a lot of other places too. But it's to serve others, to help others. And I know, Phil, I've talked to you before, pre-Christ. You know, that wasn't your direction before you knew the Lord. But when the Lord got you, it turned your life around, right? totally turned you around. Because before that, it wasn't other-centered like and that empowerment to do it. The love to do it and the empowerment doesn't come from Phil or Sandy, it comes from God in you, right? And that's just, there's lots of, and I could name lots of examples of that I've seen here. But it's, it's true. It's from him, and it's only from him. But Jesus is our example. Of servanthood. Why should should he do that? Why should he do it? It's because of love. Jesus emptied Himself of His kingly majesty, His glory, and His will to do the Father's will. To do the Father's will. I've heard of some escapades that Phil and Sandy have had, like going up north, and it's not always easy. There's a lot of spiritual warfare going on too. A lot of times, like breakdowns with you know truck pickups and trailers and uh, different kinds of things, you know, driving over ice roads and stuff like that. Um, but God's always there. He was always there to empower you, and he's, He always brought you through. He never let you down. He never let you down. You're still here. You're still still trucking, still going. And uh, hallelujah. Peter's going to read now from John 6:38 and John
1: 7:28 and 29. "For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me." And John 7:28. Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, "You both know me, and you know where I am from." And I have not come from myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not even know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me.
0: So Jesus was a servant going anywhere the Father sent him. I know there's times with some of us that we did not feel like going where we knew the Lord wanted us to, but we did it anyway because we knew he wanted us to, and he was always there to help us. He was always there for us. And Jesus on this earth was acting as his father's representative and so are you. Why don't you poke that person or somebody around you close and just tell them you are God's representative here in northern Minnesota. Just let them know that. Tell them you are God's representative here. You. You. Hallelujah.
1: Okay, Peter, John five, nineteen. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel.
0: So, Jesus served by doing nothing but what the Father, His Father God, directed him to do. He said, I can do nothing of myself. You know what? You can't either. You can't do this will of God that He calls you to do in the earth outside yourself. You cannot serve without His empowering, without His love. I cannot serve. But with him we can do all things through him.
1: We can. Here's John 7, 16, Peter. And he, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not my own, but his who sent me. And John 8, 28, And Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things.
0: So as a servant, Jesus even what he taught and said, he did only those things that his father told him to teach and to say and to do. And until the end of his ministry, the devil did tempt him, he was tempted. He had flesh and the, and the spiritual warfare like we do. He went through it all like we do. He knows what we go through. In this thing of living that life as his representative, um, the enemy would try to tempt him to go his own way rather than the father's way. But he was an overcomer. Jesus was the first to go that direction, to be that overcomer. And now he li- dwells within us by his Spirit so that we can be the same. Hallelujah. When he was in the garden facing the agony of the cross, his decision wasn't according to his will, but it was rather the will of his Father, Peter.
1: And Jesus went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus went through the
0: Father's will. He did the Father's will. And really it is a death to the self, a death to the flesh. But oh, what victory came forth as he came forth from that grave in the power of resurrection power of the Spirit of God. And that's what is there for us in whatever we encounter in life. In whatever area where he calls us, where we yield to his will to serve, he's going to be there strong for us. And this can be our theme in life too if, if we choose it to be. This choice of serving others is one that only you can make for yourself. Others cannot make it for you. We're going to put something up on the screen here. Let's say this together. Not as I will, but as you will, Lord. Not as I will, but as you will, Lord. Some, you know, we may need to meditate on that some and, and... is that where I'm really at? Have you reckoned with the lordship of Jesus in your life? i tell you, it's the way to victory. It's the greatest way. It's the best way for our life. To totally yield it to God. And yes, even in the area of servanthood. This way of a servant, not my will and my way, but his whom I serve. Living the way of a servant Is what Jesus asks us to do, following after his example for our lives. And then there's the Last Supper example. In his final hours, Jesus affirmed his servant heart. He was the guest of honor at the Last Supper, and he took off his robe and became the lowest of servants. He knelt and he washed the feet of his followers. We see this in John 13,
1: Peter. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him.
0: So, the foot washing there, like today, it would represent serving one another's needs, ministering to one another's needs. And here we now have another true servant story. Peter,
1: here. Bear with me. I just lost it. Here, I'll read it for you. Uh, this is from Carol Wenzel from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, in Christmas 1989, it was my first alone. I was first alone with my children after the divorce. I wanted to make it enjoyable for my eight year old daughter and four year old son, even though it was a difficult time and money was tight. After doing a little shopping, the three of us drove up to our house to find some friends from our church with their two kids just pulling away. They had decorated the outside of the entire house with Christmas lights and placed a beautiful wreath on the front door. And they later insisted on paying my electric bill that December. Every holiday season I recall how Our Friend's Kindness Touched My Family That Christmas."
0: Yes, and so we see what lies in our future, what it looks like. It comes from what we sow. We can sow servanthood. You know, at the end of the last service, and I'm not going to get into it a lot now, we had Pastor Dean called me up as he was preaching on praying in the Spirit and I really didn't have anything, but I started praying in the spirit, and then there were these longer syllables, like a diversity of tongues, and those syllables finally ended up being so, see, say. Sometime I'm going to have, I believe, a whole message on that because I didn't know what it meant. I didn't even realize it was English first, but but we sow into our future, and you know what? The future is in your seed the seed that you sow. And you say, what are you talking about? Well, whatever seeds you are sowing through your thoughts, your words, and your actions. You don't get a future or a harvest different from the seeds that you sow. It simply makes a difference what we think, what we say and do. That's what our future is gonna be. I brought some packets along. Last year at this time I was actually, I think, preparing the soil to start to plant some of these. You know, here's some basil, I think it is, and these are radishes. Now if I sow radishes in the ground, what am I going to get? Radishes. If I sow basil in the ground, in fact this is Asian basil, it says I'm going to get Asian basil, not some other kind of basil. We get In other words, what we sow, so what you sow will be your future. We have a scripture as we come into a close, two more from Mark and then Luke.
1: The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle the harvest time has come. From Luke 6.38, Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, with no space left for more. For with the standard of measurement you use, when you do good to others, it will be measured to you in return.
0: So, what goes around, somebody once said, what goes around comes around. You know, and it's the truth. What we put out there, what we cast, the bread that we cast on the water, it'll return. So thank you, Lord, for minds that are renewed according to your word, so that our thoughts will bring a harvest of good fruit. Thank you for words that sow good things into our home, into our church, into our workplaces, and to our schools and everywhere we go. Thank you for actions that are motivated and empowered by your love. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it today. Amen. Amen. And, I, and we, today, we just speak God's peace, His consciousness of His presence no condemnation in Christ Jesus. His joy, his joy, his joy over us all, so we aren't sorry, sullen, somber saints, right? So from the 1500s to the 20, whatever we are, 20s, 20, whatever we are, (laughs) hallelujah. And just that note, worship teams, if we could meet right now, we're going to meet in like this section right here. If you would like ministry of prayer, uh, Pastor Dean's going to be out in the foyer there and some other ministers with him also that you can pray out there. We're going to have our meeting time here. There's the meal waiting. us, fellowship meal too. Hallelujah. God bless you all.